Dogs of Warcry is a podcast from the Mortal Realms focusing on Warcry, a fast-paced cinematic skirmish game by Games Workshop. Join us for discussions on gameplay, rules, lore, painting, terrain building, campaigns, and events. Welcome to Dogs of Warcry. In episode one of season four, we're going to kick off the season with a light discussion of all the different things that have been revealed since our last season ended and share what hobby activities we've been up to and been keeping us busy and you know some of the ideas we have for going forward this season. I'm Josh, and joining me this week is Paven. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. It's great to be back. We're recording live. Uh, I guess, well, we're not doing it live, but you know, we're, we're, we're both live here. I'm very excited. Yeah, how have you been, Josh? It's been a long time. I know. I know. I've been good. Family's been good. School, work, everything's been going smoothly. Just a little hectic out there, keeping busy. So, Hoppy, it's definitely been nice to jump into and relax and get that creative aspect going. Yeah, we only had to reschedule this uh, first episode uh, like eight times. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, well, it's been a month. It's a month since we tried to do it. This real world's getting in the way. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad we were able to nail down a date and get this rolling, especially with all the exciting news we've got coming out. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we timed it perfectly. Well, let's jump right in. Sir, you want to kick it off? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about, in the Forge of Mithraxis, uh, what we've been working on. It's been about eight, almost nine months. Josh, tell me everything you've done. Everything. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. Not everything. Just uh, you know, <laughs> a, a nice highlight. Reel. <laughs> right. As you know, as you mentioned, it's been that long. I was like, whoa, what have I been doing this whole time? <laughs> so, so there's been a variety yeah. of different things. So, you know, one thing that uh, we did kick off a war cry season, our league this, this past summer, uh, when the pandemic kind of cooled down a bit, we got a really good turnout on the first day. And we'll talk a little bit about, uh, our, you know, that as we get further down. But it was just fun to see people coming out, even though we hadn't wear a mask, get some games in. Um, I did put together a Slaves to Darkness warband for that, and, and almost every single model was converted. So that was a, a fun challenge. I really enjoyed playing them. Yeah, I hadn't gotten them painted up or anything yet, of course, but <laughs> but, but really enjoyed playing them. Um, also, uh, been assembling the crew boys that came out of the the initial starter box for Age of Sigmar. You know, the hopes that we'll try that. War of Morak Hills campaign in the future. They've been really fun to put together, and I've been trying to figure out color schemes to try and get some of that painting done. Uh, a couple other non-GW-related games. Uh, been playing Mansions of Madness, a second edition with my family, and it's a kind of a game that's based in the Lovecraft world, Call of Cthulhu sort of thing. And you, it's a cooperative game where you play as investigators, and you have to determine what's going on and then stop a nefarious evil from happening. But it's a, it's a lot of fun. It comes with miniatures. And so I've been, I've been painting up the investigators to help us all have some more feeling with our characters. And then I'll, eventually I'll paint up the monsters as well. But it's certainly a little fun, divergent, different type of model. Uh, and, John, can uh, I interrupt you really quickly? Yeah. Um, I'm always like interested in uh, games with the family. What do you think is like the minimum age to successfully play that game? Uh, this one is a little trickier. Uh, there's okay. an app that kind of drives it, kind of like a GM. 
Um, a game master. So it's interesting in that sense. Uh, there are other cooperative games I've played that are easier for a younger age group. Um, uh, for example, there's a game called Near and Far. It's the same people who make Above and Below, but it's a, it's kind of got a storytelling aspect to it. Okay. But the the expansion they had for that comes out with a cooperative play mode where you all play together to defeat the Red King. Oh, okay, well, let's, let's talk about it uh, in, our, in our other podcast, uh, Game right. of the Family. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of uh, Curse City with my boys uh, and nice. my good friend. Uh, and my, my boys are three and nine. And so, mm. like, the nine-year-old, I can, like, you know, I, I help him, like, with the rules a bit, but he does a pretty good job. Three-year-old, I'm just trying to keep him from eating dice. Right. Uh, right. So, right. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking out for no more, more games. But sorry, I interrupted. I keep going. <laughs> no problem. And uh, I was just going to add that the uh, you know I do play Dust nineteen forty seven, which is kind of a weird World War Two era game, and it ended up making some some three D terrain. You know, building some buildings. Um, you know, for an, an event that we ran this past summer. That's, so you know, between all of that and, and you know the regular summer activities, it was it's been been pretty busy. It's been fun. How about you, man? Well, uh, what is currently so that's like a, lot, a good recap. But like, what is currently on your on your painting table? Is it the Cruel Boys or is it something else? Uh, on my currently on my painting table, I still have the Investigators. I got a couple of details to do, like eyes and a bit of highlighting. Um, in my assembly bench are the the rest of the Cruel Boys. I think I've assembled uh, most of what I need for the campaign, but uh, there there aren't that many more models left, so I was just like, uh, just might as well just build them up, and then I'll have them, you know, in case we decide to to play something bigger. So so kind of got those two projects uh, on the table at the same time. So. Awesome. Okay, it's on me. Um, it's been a, a pretty productive, I would say, eight months. I'm just gonna do the highlights here. I think there's probably a few one-off models I painted, but. Um, I finished off all of the catacomb stuff. I know that was in progress last time we talked. So I painted, I, I think I finished up all the terrain. That turned out okay. Uh, I don't it know. Great. I, I feel, it looks great. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So I, I finished all the above ground stuff, uh, finishing off that box. And I, I think I also added a few things to my signs of the flame warband. Um, added another like four, four miniatures that were like kitbashed from different stuff so I could get different poses and things. So that, that was cool. I, I especially really like, um, I made a second, oh my god, what's the priest of the Inferno Priest, I think is the name. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I built it with like um, kind of a Science of the Flame, uh, Fireborn uh, kind of base miniature. I don't even know if I remember any of their names right. And uh, added like bits from the Flagellant Kit and um, and then like a few other like Science bits and like worked that together. And that, that guy looks pretty cool. And like the book from that I found in like my bits box. And so I thought that guy looks pretty cool. I haven't used him in a game, but I feel good about that one. Other other things I've painted, I painted. I, I bought Curse City. I think I was pretty hyped when we were talking last time. Uh, I bought Curse City, painted that whole thing. That took a long time. That's wow. a lot of miniature. I think it's like That's 60, 60 minutes. Yeah, it was. I feel very good about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I painted all those death miniatures. They're all great. Oh, also all of the heroes and stuff. Um, I think. Well, I to admit, I have uh, Radicar was the last thing I had to paint, and I got him to tabletop but not to parade ready. So he's kind of sitting at my painting table, just looking at me. He's painted. He's good. He meets the three color minimum. He's got base coats and washes uh, done on both of his things, but he's not quite to my standard. So I don't know when I'm going to get to him, but he, he's sitting there. Maybe, maybe when I finish the, uh, the curse city campaign, 
Then uh, to get really get really excited for AOS 3.0, I added the start collecting box to my Iron Jaws Force. Um, so that's like a War Chanter, a unit of Gore Gruntas, and uh, I, I think I've added like four more Ard Boys with shields. I already have like 30 Ard Boys. I didn't feel like really <laughs> obligated to add the other 10. So those guys are bits. Those guys don't count against my painting quota because I gotcha. bought the box for the War Chanter and the Gore Gruntas. Right, and, and so those are those are kind of the big stuff I finished painting. What I'm working on right now is Josh Mented. Uh, I mentioned the War for the Morak Hills campaign, which is a, I guess we'll talk about more later, but it's a, a campaign that Warhammer, James Workshop, released on the Warhammer community site where it's the, like, the forces of Dominion versus each other. And we, I guess, at full disclosure, got a free copy of Dominion for the Dogs of Warcry podcast, which is dope. Correct. And so we split up the contents of that so to, so we could each paint a Warband's worth. So I've been working on the Stormcast side of that. I'm done with everybody. I, well, I'm, I painted everybody I need for the campaign. They're all sitting, waiting to be based. So I've just been procrastinating on that step, but that doesn't take very long basing. And yeah, I painted up as Guy Rand Guard, which they uh, <laughs> have a dumb name, but I, a cool scheme. Um, and eventually, I really want to do a Living City Forest. I've talked about it before. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I have all those those guys painted. I, I was having so much fun painting these guys because I painted up super quick because they're still mostly gold. Um, that I have a couple more uh, Vindicators and a couple more Annihilators just to finish off those units. And then I don't know what I'm going to do once that's finished. I don't know if I'm going to go finish off the Dominion box or you know move on to something else. Um, if for those keeping track at home, the rules for paint everything you buy... You, and it has to be by. That's the only way it goes on the on the on the required painting table. If I get it for free, I don't have to paint it. That's the rule. Um, you know, so don't have don't don't at me. Okay, what else am I working on? Uh, oh, I inherited a dreadhold from Davy from what the hex. So that a dreadhold. So it has. I have two overlord bastions and a malefic gate. Which is like a huge sprawling terrain piece. It's pretty massive. It's, um, big. it's the biggest thing I own now. So again, didn't buy it. I don't have to finish painting it, um, but I have painted up one of the wall, one of four wall sections to taste test out the scheme, as uh-huh. well as um, one of the the stairways. So that's going to be a slow project. I'm really excited for it because I really want to use it in like a Warcry game. Yeah, um, although it's not really designed for Warcry, so I have to figure out how exactly I want to arrange it or mix it and match it with the terrain I already have to make it like a really fun interactive mm-hmm. table. Maybe I'll have to write some custom rules about it where you can like go into the thing and then you take like X number of inches to move out the other way. Or maybe you, you like you can start a movement in it and then you can end a movement like outside of any of the doors or windows or something. I don't know. I don't know. But it's pretty cool. What uh what color scheme did you decide to go with? I went with um like a dirty white walls, uh, kind of standard uh, tan bone and bronze. Nice. Um, so it would be pretty boring if it was a miniature paint scheme, but I think for terrain it's fine. It's like a yeah, yeah, apple. definitely. Um, and you can weather it, it and stuff too. You know, so it'll look nice. Yeah, it's not a fast painting uh, a piece of terrain because there's so much. It's all. It's got trim. It's got all so trim much everywhere. bronze trim. Yeah, yeah, it's bronze like, trim, and then like skulls pattern into everything. Yes. Like, uh, so, um, but I think it's doable. It's, it's like the Guard, so, but on yeah. terrain scale. Yeah, 
Well, I'm certainly not holding myself to Varengard standards. <laughs> no, no, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That sounds like you've been quite productive. You know, so I meant to, I'd love to see some pictures of what you have painted or in process. So we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, eventually, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. I, I don't know. I should commit to this now, but I think we should put our show notes in the Discord because that's where we are anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so maybe they'll be there, listeners. I don't know. Right. You have to join the mortal, uh, Discord slash the Mortal Realms to find out. <laughs> Surprises. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we've got lots of hobby ahead of us, too, with all this exciting news that's been coming out. So we're going to start with our path to glory and talk about games that we've had because we've actually been able to have games. It's been wonderful. Um, while we, we didn't have quite as many people... Um, as we have in previous years, you know, I think there's still a lot of concern about the pandemic and, and people have busy lives. So, but we did have some really good turnouts, a lot of fun games. Um, as I mentioned, we did kick off a league this summer and to kick it off, we had a multiplayer event and unfortunately Paven missed it. So we'll definitely have to replicate it at some point because, because it was yeah. fun. Uh, it was something I wrote up called the ruins of Armanus and I did share it in the, uh, Facebook war cry group. I can't remember if I shared it on the Reddit or not. But um, so essentially the premise was I took my two custom pieces of terrain. Uh, I used my uh, Halls of Pandemonium board and I built some rised buildings and then put a regular Warcry board on top of that. And we had eight different people show up for the event. And so we had up to 500 points of models in your warband. And the goal was to get to these uh, sewer entrances to go down below and search for this magical skull. So people could fight each other up above, or they could go down below. But it was also a warren full of chaotic beasts. So the, the randomly chaotic beasts would show up and attack people down there. And it was a lot of fun. People had a great time attacking each other. Some just focused on each other. Other people did a mixture. Uh, one person actually found a skull and then was killed by another player who got it and escaped off the map. You know, So a lot of good things going on. And we ended up with a tie, which was a lot of fun. So, But it was a good time. So after that kickoff event, we had a regular league for probably it's probably twelve weeks or so, uh, on and off. Because there's some weeks that we, you know, Paven would be there, or I'd be, I'd be there, kind of back and forth. And that's where you know, got the Slaves of Darkness Warband, got to play some games, and took him with me on vacation and played against my stepson Ben, which was a lot of fun too. Yeah, and I know and you had a lot of games too, Paven. Want to share a little bit about your uh, your victories, your exploits? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I also played in that campaign. We played some games uh, before that, but uh, m mostly Signs of the Flame. I've been really uh, loving that warband. Uh, I forget their warband name. Maybe like the Saviors or the Children of Fire. I don't know. I, I could go through different. They've known by many names. But yeah, it's a really fun warband. Uh, it's really, they feel pretty strong. I'm sure, I don't know, I don't know what the tier list is, but they do a lot of good damage, uh, especially their um, the Blazing Lord and the Brazen Champion. Uh, mm -hmm. Both have like really strong damage profiles in Reach 2, uh, so they scale up with plus attack really well. Uh, yeah, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at the game, so yeah, I, I, my campaign, I'm crushing it through my campaign pretty strong. My favorite game. Oh, uh, one more. I added, I finally got to add my Ulgroid Myrmidon to my uh, warband after ca conquering enough territories to add a uh, ally in. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, that dude is dope. He's really strong. Has a ton of wounds. Toughness six, like four eight damage profile on his range to attack. 
he yeah. uh, he's he's real good. He's really fun. He's uh, yeah, he's got the right kind of the right numbers to be right, like reliably like take out um, like a medium fighter in like one attack or t- um, or two models in a turn. Yeah, or two models. Yeah. <laughs> if you're super or, lucky, like in our game, you. Oh yeah, the last game. I, yeah, I don't. This was the game I was going to talk about, but I rolled the hottest dice maybe I've ever rolled in my last game against. It was amazing. Gosh. Yeah, and I yeah I like I tabled you like turn two or three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I just like, couldn't couldn't not roll like a ton of crits. Yeah. yeah it was um, amazing. Yeah, I was really very good at the game. I guess. <laughs> um, but I think the the one of the most fun games or the most like artistically pleasing games I played was uh, a um, I reran and I and I played this one player by myself in my basement before and that's less fun. Uh, but I reran the Fall of Snagglewort, which is a challenge battle from Toma Champions 2020. Uh, it's supposed to be like two v one, two v AI. Um, but I played it. I rewrote it a little bit to be like just a one on one game um, because I have a lot of gits. I have the Loon Shrine. I have a ton of, um, you know, I have Gitsville, which is my uh, goblin-focused terrain board. And so I set up Gitsville and then had uh, another uh, local player uh, try to blow it up, blow up the Loon Shrine. Uh, and the way the scenario works is somebody on the opposing, uh, the opposing side has a, uh, like a casket of um, action uh, blast powder. I, I forget what it is, but it's, uh, you know, it's an explosive, magic explosive. And you uh, have to get that fighter uh, within one inch of the Loon Shrine outside of three inches of any enemy fighter. Um, and they can't fly in there of half speed. Um, so they're trying to drag this, uh, this, this cask all the way to the rune shrine. And I like set, set them up long ways. And I, I got like a thousand points of gets. And we, uh, he was playing Caradron Overlords. And he pretty much like shot all my guys. Uh, but I like kind of got in the way. I killed the guy with the, the casket. And so what happens when it hits the ground is that you roll a dice and on a one it explodes. Um, so there was a bunch of really tense moments where I killed the guys holding it. But he was able to not have it explode and then drag <laughs> it with his last dwarf uh, to the loon tribe and blow it up. And oh, wow. dwarf, um, with half movement, his base move was 1.5 inches. Right. Uh, yeah. So, like he tabled me. He had like six turns and he tabled me on four, and then he just barely got it there at the end uh, with like the plus one move. <laughs> yeah, and just moving that four inches a turn, and he got there. It was great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It looked really good. Um, Everything was fully painted, of course. I think if I was going to do it again, I would have put like the Loon Shrine in the middle and then put, uh, and like have half his Warband on one side, half his Warband on the other. So there were two, um, bombs to go off because I noticed like halfway through the game, like if I, if the bomb ever blew up, the game's over because there's only one. So if there were two, it would have mitigated from that. Um, but other than that, that, you know, I think I would have kept it mostly as is. Nice. Is that something you think that you could share in the Discord? Like, have you written it up? Or you, is it, no, or I've never written it up. There's no documentation. <laughs> I did share pictures of the game in our Discord at one point. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. They're cool pictures. I agree. <laughs> well, it sounded like a fun game. I missed that night, unfortunately. But yeah, it's like you described it quite well. It sounded tense at certain points. <laughs> For sure. Any time that, every time that, uh, that you know, the dynamite hits the ground, that's a right. really like fun dice roll. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like the it's like the crit rolls on bridges, and you're playing in catacombs. It's like, oh, is anybody falling in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, 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 that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun. Paven and I have already been discussing, you know, how we want to kick off the next league, and you know, what kind of theme we might do or whatever else. So, but we'll 
we'll definitely keep you posted on what we come up with and when we think we can get that going. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I think it's my next section. And the, the, the next section is uh, Visions of Madness. Uh, oh, yeah. So we have nine months of war cry news to talk about here. And it, I thought it was kind of a lull because we didn't get a much released after um, like Catacombs and the books released in the fall. But there was a ton of stuff that came out. And so let's just uh, roll through it. Um, do you want to just uh, take these back and forth, Josh? Yeah, that sounds great. Sure. All right. So uh, as Paven mentioned, I think one of the really nice things that they're doing for Warcry is when new stuff comes out, we get a new release. You know, they either release, you know, rule sets that we can use and with cards. And, and so you're, we're always getting new things, even though there's not like a new box set or a new supplement or whatever else. And I think that's a great way to keep this game alive. And I think these are great, wonderful examples of the call of the ever-chosen articles that they had gone out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one they came out with was the Purge of Anvilgard campaign. And, um, you know, if, you're, if you had followed the Age of Sigmar storyline, Anvilgard is a city that was owned by the, you know, kind of shared by Stormcast and, and cities of Sigmar. And uh, it was also shared with the the, the older dark elves and uh but uh, marathi had uh, subverted the city and used her her uh, allies or minions to to take it over and now belongs to her and her faction and so this this particular campaign kind of uh plays through the scenario of events where you can play as the stormcast or cities of sigmar versus the the Anvilgard or the, the daughters of cain or shadow stalkers or canine shadow stalkers to reenact the scenarios of this particular campaign it looked like a lot of fun so uh it'd definitely be fun to modify it in some way maybe change out the war bands and, and replicate it if you don't have those particular models how about you sir yeah i would love to uh, get paul involved in, in running that campaign yes like exactly. a really cool anvil guard specific force yes. anvil guard har kiran uh force um or yeah, and I, we I don't know if we want to replay it like with you know kind of at the time, so like as a historical reenactment of an imaginary history, right. or uh, like you know rewrite it for like I don't know uh, some other investigations. So that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, the next one is the Lumineth Realm Lords and the Forlorn Hope campaign, and so this was a release that followed Mortal Realms Techless. Um, or a set of rules that came out of Mortal Realms Teclas, not Broken Realms Teclas, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, you know, a bunch of new Lumineth models got released. And so it gave you all the rules for those, which is great. And it released rules for a campaign. And this one also takes place during a Broken Realms event. And specifically, this is when Eltherion is um, tracking and attacking Archon the Black, who is conducting a ritual on the edge of the realm of light to try to add a death siphon uh, point that connects to the uh, the nexus in the middle of the realm of Shaish. And so Eltherion, and so it gives rules for uh, uh, Warcry rules for a special character that you can only use in this campaign, which is dope, um, mm-hmm. for Eltherion and Archon the Black. Yeah, it's a really cool campaign. It's it's uh, you know multi multi game, and you get to play out the events there, uh, which is dope. Yeah, definitely. And and something similar they they released the Soulblight Grave Lords and the Depths of Solorum campaign. And again, the the new vampires had kind of come out or had started coming out. They had not, not quite out. I don't think in this particular case, but it was Broken Realms uh, Bellicor. I think had come out, and that kind of prompted this because it was all chaos demons versus night haunt and soul blight. Grave Lords. 
so it kind of illustrated a series of events in that particular case, gave you rules for some of the new demons and a few of the, the vampire models that had popped up. But, you know, we hadn't gotten the full vampire release yet, the Soulblight release yet. So. But uh, again, uh, very thematic and, and again, I think illustrates really nicely how they're kind of trying to tie in some of these campaigns with AOS, but gives you the flexibility of playing it in smaller warbands. Is it, you know, right back to what I, you know, envisioned Warcry could be for AOS. So that's been, it's been a lot of fun to see this coming out. All right. The next one is a Fool's Trove in Ulfenkarn campaign. Uh, and what's exciting about this one is all the other campaigns we talked on were um, targeted at specific warbands. Uh, this one is like anyone can play, and it can, it can play, and it is four players, so it's multiplayer, and it's a treasure-seeking campaign in the ruins of Ulfenkarn, which is the setting of Cursed City. Uh, so as a big Cursed City fan myself, this one really piques my interest. It has a... One of the mechanics is like the dead rise may attack both players and it uses all of the models and gives rules for, uh, not all the models, but many of the models within the Curse City box. And if you remember from earlier in this episode, I've painted the whole box. So yes. I'm very excited. I think I really want to, you know, I don't want to commit to anything because I want to keep all my promises, but I would really be interested in running this one locally. Uh, yeah. Like a single day event, even, you know, kind of thing. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, run it in either like one big kind of like long, like four hour kind of uh, mini event or like over like two weeks on campaign night. Yeah. Uh, and find uh, adventurers foolish enough to travel. <laughs> right. I'll save my DM voice for the game day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that I think that'd be awesome. See those boards and those models are wonderful. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten mine painted up. But Ben did assemble quite a few, and he was using them in his Soul Blight Warband, and he, and he really liked them. So I would love to play out this this yeah. uh, particular campaign. And after that, of course, with the uh, AOS 3.0 kicking off with Dominion, they released a War for More Kills campaign. This kind of is based around the story that Dominion is based on, and you use a, you use the models in the box. Um, not all of them. You don't use. Uh, what is uh, what's her name? Indrasta. Indrasta. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, but you use a, you use most of the other models, and, and uh, it's interesting because it's set up where you have three different detachments of this warband that you you have to break up, and then you play three different games where your one of your groups attacks another one, and then you see what the results are, and uh, and then you play an overarching game where you have all the models. So it looks like it's going to be a really fun campaign, a really good storytelling element that's tied directly into the Dominion box contents that you can put right, you know, to use right away for Warcry, which was was great because neither of the battle tomes have been out yet. So a, a really fun way to kick that off. Yeah, and we're we're gonna we're gonna do this one. You uh, yes. you got me to paint all these guys. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, and then the last one, I don't think we should anybody should should only solely talk about this. We got a new release coming out, Josh. Yes, so exciting. Really surprised. You know, I was telling people before we talked about this is like, you know, I think Warcry is going to be on the back burner for a little bit. It's going to like hit like the kill team lull, and we're just going to kind of like not get a lot of releases until like Warcry two. But oh, was I wrong? So wrong. What did we What did we get? <laughs> We've got Red Harvest, and they just talked about it. Well, they hinted at a few of the models the last couple of weeks. But this past weekend, which would be Halloween weekend here in the U.S., 
they showed us the contents of this box, and it's amazing. You know, the terrain is amazing. It takes place in this Varanite mining facility in the Chaos, you know, eight points, two different Chaos warbands. One is Conan-themed Dark Oath, which, you know, they're pushing more of the Dark Oath theme, which I think is really great. And then this very unique, scary, spider-like warband, which, of course, Paul was ecstatic about, where they're trying to use Varanite to mutate themselves further into spiders. It's <laughs> <This> amazing stuff. <laughs> what did you think, man? I think it's very cool. You know, I love uh, two new Chaos Warbands. Um, excuse me. And yeah, I mean, the aesthetic is great. The Warbands, the miniatures are, of course, very cool. They really leaned into weird again uh, with this new Spider Warband, mm -hmm. which is uh, always what I prefer they do. And, got, and the sculpts on the Dark Oath are very cool. And we've been like, here it, we've been waiting for like Games Workshop to pull the trigger on Dark Oath. It's been yes. a very like will will they won't they kind of relationship because like we got Dark Oath teased with malign portents and what is it? Um, Makara Blood Sky. That's got yep, right. yep exactly. Um, yeah, the oh, Warcraft. man, nailed it, nailed it. I was I always knew it. Uh, cut cut it, fix it in post. Um, but uh, yeah, she was one of the original malign portents heroes that have all become. Like regular armies, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, the 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 Grot became like the Groomside Gets later had a full release. Uh, the Stormcast eventually uh, was the whole Magic Chamber. Which one's the Magic Chamber? Oh, the uh, with the Sequidors. I don't know what chamber that is. Boy, uh, the Encanters. The Encanters. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the yeah. It was the guy with the two hammers. But he he would pre um, hinted at, foreshadowed a new Stormcast release. Um, the oh, oh okay I know who you're talking about yeah, yeah the Knight of Shrouds hinted at the new Nighthawn release and then we had right. this Dark Oath Barbarian Queen that we're like oh this is the new this is going to be the new Slaves to Darkness and then we got that war then we had the Underworld's Wargram Dark Oath and then yep. we had the Slaves to Darkness book and a whole Warcry release which is like tons of new Chaos miniatures and no Dark Oath we thought Dark Oath was the future, and then there's like, you know, five Dark Oath miniatures. And then <laughs> well, now we have more Dark Oath, and I don't know if that means there's going to be even more on top of this, uh, but it's, it, it's nice that we have like a more fleshed up line here. Boy, that was quite the digression. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about these miniatures? Uh, the same, and you know, we've, we've seen some silhouettes, but you know, seeing the full warbands and the groups together is amazing. You know, I love the aesthetic of the spider guys, because they have but, you know, it looks like spider silk in the decorations. They've got spider parts all over themselves. And, yeah, and again, the uh, the Dark Oath Warband is great, you know, with the, you know, hints to Conan the Barbarian, but also back to the old Hero Quest games that Games Workshop put out long, long ago. Some of the characters look similar. Lots of little tidbits and nods to the to historical miniatures, which I think is, is wonderful, too, you know, especially people who've been in the game a long time. You know, they definitely appreciate that. Like, oh, I totally remember that. Or I remember seeing this somewhere, somewhere else. But, uh, but yeah, I think in, the miniatures are going to be a lot of fun. I, I think it's really cool that they kind of stuck to the chaos again. You know, we're still in the chaos waste. We've got two chaos warbands. We're going to keep developing the story and the uh, history of this location, which I think is wonderful. You know, and all of these, of course, can be teleported to other places. But I definitely like how they're expanding this. And, and especially especially with these particular terrain elements. Um, and they've, they've said that there's going to be some interesting new rules introduced with the terrain and turning things on and off and what happens if you fall in the Varanite. And that, you know, I think so those will all be fun to see how that plays out. 
What do you think of that, the terrain and, and uh, the rule set so far? Well, I don't know too much about the rule set, but I like terrain interactability. I think that's definitely something I like to see more of in Warcry. Um, like, I love how interactive the terrain is in Catacombs with like, mm-hmm. like being able to kick people into lava and making it feel much more dangerous. Um, right. And I think that was a great like uh, addition to the base Warcry rule set. And so I'm hoping to see something like that here. Josh, before we go on to that, can you? What is your? Do you have a favorite miniature uh, from this? And which one? Uh, great question. I'm looking back at it. Hmm. Then, well, there's. I don't know what it is, but in um, you know, if you look at so today is November first. If you look at the unboxing Warcry Red Harvest article, um, right next to the Broodlord on his was it right hand side. There's this particular, it must be a regular grunt or maybe a champ. Kind of, He's got a really interesting pose with the spider silk kind of weaving down the different elements on his helmet with this kind of hooded aspect. I think he looks amazing. The Broodlord looks awesome with his forearms, six, you know, six appendages all together. But yeah, I really like the guy's pose and his weapon stance and, and just with all the spider silk there. I think that and the Conan are definitely my favorite. Conan like being the, dark, the dark-haired barbarian? Yes. With a double-handed sword. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty dope, too. Cool. Um, I, what, one of the things I like about the Spider Warband is that it is there in a warband that is um, that can only exist with the story moving forward um, because their whole jam is to use Baronite to aid in their apotheosis to some sort of weird spider demon. Right, and Baronite right. didn't come into the picture until Catacombs, really. Well, I mean, we had it before. Like, we knew that it was a substance, but it didn't exist, like, as a plentiful substance until the seam beneath uh, Varanthrax's maw was found. So, like, based on, like, kind of, you know, the the mining that is happening now, like, this warband can actually exist and, like, you know, start using it for mutations. I'm sure they existed in the lore before that, but, like, that's kind of, like, I think that's very interesting that they're taking, like, a new concept they've introduced and how it will impact this war band. Uh, right. so I think that's cool. Yeah, I think some of the other nice elements too is that the the rule book and contains the rule set as well as the additional stuff. So, you know, people don't have to buy a new rule book or they don't get extra rule books <laughs> if they already have them. But it, you know, the table of contents is also listed on in this article. So you can kind of see what's in here. Talks about, you know, the core rules and, you know, all the different branching quests which sound a little different perhaps than uh, you know, maybe uh, other sorts of campaign quests that we've had before. But uh, there's certainly a campaign section, you know, much like we had Soroth Core in the uh, Champions book. And so maybe this is some sort of, you know, unique type of campaign format that we can, again, you know, maybe use for tools and whatnot and play through. So looking forward to seeing what's in this this box and, and reading through the book for sure. Yeah, and I think this will be a great a great box to onboard new people with. Like, if you want to start Warcry, I'd definitely buy this box. Like, get a buddy, buy the box, you have all the terrain, you have the core, you have, like, a core rules, or, like, a, you don't have the core rule book, but you have all the rules you need to play here. Yeah. Uh, so that's dope. Yeah, and an implemented campaign that's unique to that box set already, and you don't need a Tome of Champions to, to, you know, to add to that if you don't need to, if you don't want to. Yeah. So. And I wonder, I don't know if you need to buy the core rule book if you have Red Harvest. You don't. Yeah, it says all the core rules are in there. Yeah, but like, what's in the core rule book now? If you already have the core rules, I mean, there's like a lot of like paint. There's like a, or a lot of art. There's a lot of background, and then there's like a ton of 
campaign specific rules for all the other like the initial released war bands but if you don't have those yeah i don't know we'll have to read red we'll have to read red harvest but i probably wouldn't recommend buying the core rule book after you buy red harvest probably like buy the other uh specific yeah grand alliance books those would probably have cooler stuff in it yeah yep Yep, yeah, that or our specific Toma Champion book or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Toma Champion is 2021, baby. Yeah, I'm sure they'll come out with something. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we suppose. Right, right. Well, you know, so lots of exciting things on the way. And then, of course, things that we're hoping to try out for this next season. So we'll definitely keep you all posted. And, um, you know, if you want to hop on our Discord, provide suggestions or, you know, uh, hints to your favorite, please let us know. And after that, after all that madness, we'll kind of jump into our Circle of Paint Challenge. Now, we're still discussing what we want to do for this year, or this season, rather. And um, we'll kind of get into that a little bit. But first of all, I do want to say, you know, for our Season 3 Circle of Paint Challenge, as you may recall, we took the um, warbands from the Catacombs box set, and we painted them up and displayed them. And then we had everybody vote on which warband they thought, you know, spoke to them the most. And competition was fierce, really close. Came down to like a 60-40 split. But the Canine Shadow Stackers won out this time. So thank you all for voting, taking the time to look at our, our models and critiquing our work and chiming in with your votes. We definitely appreciate your involvement. Hopefully we'll get in the game with our, you know, we'll get this Circle of Paint Challenge game in with, with Eric eventually. We're, we're pushing for it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. For the record, that was Josh's one. So Josh, Josh is now on a two and uh, two and O streak for Circle of Paint Challenge winners. Um, well, no, you won the you won the Varengard Challenge. Yeah. Okay. So, but you're but the streak you've won the last two seasons. Yes. True. Terrain and then the Warband. It's true. Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe you won the Warband one, man. Like I was, it was I really close. I had that one in the back, especially after like you had like I was like done and you had like one painted. <laughs> and then, like you like really like overtook me the last second. So great, Bob. Uh, the woman looks phenomenal. You definitely deserved it. Um, yeah, what are we? Yeah, what are we gonna do for this one? I guess. Uh, what are what are some of your ideas? Our ideas for for circle paint challenges. So uh, you know we've kicked around a few things. So you know so far we've done we did a Varengard challenge. Um, we did a terrain and then we did a warband. So yeah, Pave and I have a few ideas, and one of them you know, we proposed was oh well we haven't done a monster. You know, you did an ally, you know, just free of charge, add it to your warband, and he kicks butt. So. <laughs> but, yeah, we hadn't really done a monster, but that, you know, that could be um, maybe not as challenging. But, you know, we're still thinking about that, kicking that around. And then, of course, this new Red Harvest thing just pops up, and we're like, oh, well, maybe we should do another warband challenge, taking the warbands that are in the box and, and painting them up and doing something unique with those. So we've got we've to think about it and <laughs> yeah. determine which one might be best. But, again... If all of you have an opinion, and maybe we'll throw a vote up on the Discord, you know what you would prefer. You know, we could we could maybe see about that, and then go one direction or another. Paven, you have any yeah. other thoughts or ideas, and what you think? No, I'd love to see what the wonderful Warcry community thinks we should do as a challenge. I'll uh, I'll rise to any challenge. I'll paint it. I'm feeling pretty uh, pretty good about my painting progress so far. So, yeah, I'd love to do something cool and interesting. Try to right, take right. back the crown here. Maybe we'll try and get a survey up then, and uh, and then we'll hear from the masses. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. All right. 
as, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to kind of keep this one a little bit shorter just because there's so much different elements to kind of cover a little bit and get back into the groove of things. But yeah. we do have a whole list of questions from listeners that we will be happy to go through. And we can start with the first one here. Uh, listener Thundercake. Based off of past monsters and allies, like the Sphinx, Ogroid, Fomoroid, um, you know, do you think we'll get more monsters following this new box, or you know, allies or monsters? If so, do you think they'll be related to the two warbands in the box? Payfin, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, that would be dope, though. I would love it. Like, there's certainly an opportunity to do like a, a crazy spider demon uh, related to the uh, the new spider warband. Um, but I, I don't. Yeah, I, w- I would. I don't know. I yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be cool. I agree. I mean, we do have the Ragnarok is a monster you can take. They've got spider riders, but there's no like smaller spiders or something. So it might be fun to have like a spider thralls, you know? You know, I mean the warband looks like it comes with swarms, you know, much kinda like the snake swarm things. So maybe well, you know, if they could come up with a you know, some uh not not like chaos beasts, but you know, using spiders as chaos beasts perhaps, or introducing some sort of unique ally for the Dark Oath, which would be kinda cool, maybe some sort of ogre. I think, you know, you can do, you know, they don't have a Minotaur ally. The Minotaur can be in the Beast of Chaos, but, you know, that might be kind of fun too, kind of mix and match. But yeah, I'm not really sure what they would do. For sure. I, yeah, all, all Warcry releases are good releases. Um, I do have an <laughs> idea for a, if they don't come out with any specific monster for the Spider Warband, and I end up painting Spider Warband, like, com- I would love to combine the Arachnorok kit mm-hmm. um, with the, like, Mutileth Vortex Beast kit. To make Ooh. a really crazy chaosified uh, spider, that would uh, be cool. That, yeah. that might be cool, but uh, that's not a release. That wasn't part yeah. of the question. <laughs> oh no, I think that's, that that yeah. ties in. All right, and uh, he has a second question. Give us some guesses on holiday season warband boxes, if any. You know, uh, you know, so like none, like none of the chaos ones from last time. So in terms of. Will they have any sort of unique Slaves of Darkness cults box releases, I'm guessing? Mm, I didn't realize those were holiday boxes, but maybe they were. Yeah, it was around Christmas time. Well, no, that's a good point. They might have just been part of that Slaves of Darkness release, which was around Christmas time. Wait. But, uh... Unless he's wait, wait, wait. were these were these the boxes that were that were like additional like war ba- like non chaos warbands like when they they had a Skaven one I think and they had yep, a yep. Iron Jaws one or are these the like double boxes of cultists? That's a great question. Um, and I think the double banded cultists was tied to the Slaves of Darkness release. So perhaps we'll go into the you know we'll go the direction of those specific warband boxes they came out with you know for Stormcast Skaven. And uh, they did what gets to, I think, and um, Nighthawk, because they added the Banshee in that box, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I don't know what they would do for this one. Eventually, hopefully, they'll release both Warbands as separate boxes so that other people can get them. Yeah, I, I think, here, here's some ideas. I think uh, Curse City box, like a, a Curse City uh, or a Soulblight, Soulblight box that repackages some Curse City sprues. That would be like, awesome. Uh, all like the rats and bats. And give them one of those sprues and a skeleton sprue, and then uh, I don't know Radica or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be cool. Maybe that's too much. Maybe that's too much. Maybe it's just bad rats and like Torgilius, and they give you rules for all those. That would be dope. 
Yeah. Um, I can imagine some of like like Dominion, like a subset of Dominion being packed up and sold as a sucker box. But those are kind of all packed up in the different like starter sets. Maybe that's not mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I do think having some of the Curse City models packed up separately because right now you can only get some of them in the box, which is not necessarily readily available. So having, you know, some of the, you know, undead ogres and, uh, you know, some of the vampire thralls, you know, available in a separate box might be nice. Yeah, that's my predict. That's my weak prediction. It's it's better than what I got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next question is from Severe. Do we think we'll get more new warbands shortly after Red Harvest, or is this all the Warcry we're getting for a while? What do you think? I think we'll get some more warbands. I hope we'll get some more warbands after Red Harvest. I really like. I love new warbands, and I love them to keep exploring the space. I don't know. They haven't told us anything. We don't have like a Warcry roadmap. Yeah, um, no, I think it's hard because the way the world is and everything is delayed and production releases are delayed. So it's hard to, I, I'm sure they don't want to share too much because they can't promise delivery dates. People yeah. get frustrated. But yeah, so this was kind of a surprise. We didn't, especially I didn't expect it to come out with pre-order this weekend, which is, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's a one week or two week pre-order, but that's still, that's sooner I than think, I thought we'd get it. I, I think we'll know a lot more once we have that Red Harvest book in our hands because usually the books tease things. And so, like, if the... So here's one something I want to do. Like, it, like we had all of those symbols back in Catacombs that we didn't know what they meant. They were just symbols on a map. Right. And if those symbols end up corresponding to uh, the Darko Savagers or the spider Spider-Men's, then we have like then we have a pattern we can start mapping up. Or if like I don't know, the book head fakes even more in the direction of Chaos Dwarves, um, right. they gotta be coming out with a Chaos Dwarves War Man. Or we riot. Um so yeah. we'll we'll see. I think we'll know more after Red Harvest. Yeah, I agree, I agree. But I think with this industrial terrain set up, I mean it's Chaos Dwarves have got to be coming at some point. <laughs> Just, <laughs> they don't have to. As a, as an, as a discrete warband themselves, you know, I, I definitely, yeah. you know, they're in the books, they're in the campaign quests. You I think mean, yeah. eventually. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean, we, we really thought they were going to be in the last box, so I know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but, but I do think, you know, they are releasing, you know, they've, they've shown new models for Nurgle coming out for the new Battle Tome, and they've released, uh, you know, some pictures of other new models coming out for AOS. And eventually, as they have typically been doing, they'll release either a campaign or cards so that we can use those models at Warcry. So at least we'll have that continuing to come with us. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, they teased the game, Bladeborne or something like that, right, where we could had Warcry cards, I think, for Underworld's Warbands or something. So um, we, we really don't know much about that yet, but I'm really interested to see if that might be another way that we get additional models or warbands in, in the game. Yeah. But, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see about that one. For sure. All right. Our next question is from Toast. Which warband from Red Harvest are you going to play, and why are you drawn to them? Well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, asking the questions. <laughs> so, okay, uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, I like them both a lot. They're, neither of them are exactly in my like sweet spot, um, but I think both are dope, and I'm certainly going to get a copy of this. So I will play whatever one you don't play, Josh. All right. Yeah, and I, I think I'm in a similar boat. I, I like the aesthetics of both of them. Um, I think it'll be fun to 
you know, I, I really appreciate getting more of the lore and the background of the warbands. So I think when we get, you know, a chance to learn more about that, then I'll have more of an inclination one way or another. But yeah, I agree. I think both sets are really cool. It'll be really interesting to learn a little bit more about them and then, uh, and, and see, you know, what might be up my alley. All right. Okay. So no answer for you. Tell no answer. Me. We like them both. We're undecided at this time. <laughs> All right. Iron Pit's got a few questions for us. What's your favorite specific Warcry Warband out of the 11? So this is Chaos, or I guess those specifically designed for Warcry, not those that were brought in via alliances or whatever else. So be Canine Shadowstalkers and then the rest are Chaos Warbands. Yeah, Joshka, tell me, is it, is it your beloved Cypher Lords? It is my beloved Cypher Lords. Yep, yep. The first, and you know, you know, definitely my favorite Warcry Warband. Just you know, all those fond memories, envoys of madness, indeed. Oh, what about you, Paven? Uh, I, I, I would have to beg. I, 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 yeah, I very treasured place in my heart for my signs of a flame. Right, exactly. Um, but uh, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Uh, but I also really like the Canine Shadow Stalkers. They are like a very close runner-up. Like those sculpts are dope, and they yeah. uh, are really cool. And I really like that they s very carefully explored the non-chaos base in Warcry until they re immediately ran back into the arms of chaos. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think they did an awesome job, you know, and the models are very dynamic and made them fit really well in the space. And I hope they continue to do that in the future at, you know, introducing unique warbands like that that are not necessarily chaos aligned. That'd be cool to see. All right. So this next question is going to be interesting. Would you prefer the story of Warcry to be reactive to the AOS plotline or have more proactive effect on it? We've seen how Morathi has had an impact with Catacombs and a knock-on effect with Red Harvest. I I actually prefer, I think, neither. Uh, I would like uh, kind of the Warcry narrative to be exploring like different, like kind of other spaces in the mortal realms, like smaller spaces, than like be like kind of tied up in the, the moves of gods and demigods and great heroes. Like I like it to be smaller and grittier. Uh, in like off in a corner that maybe people don't care as much about. Like that would be that would be my preference. It's a little bit of what a Warhammer Underworlds does. Like they have always their own weird place they're battling it out. Although it's not, I don't know, maybe this isn't fair. But like Underworlds is less like narratively driven and more like you know where what spot are we going to be infinitely dying in? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, that would be my preference. I think what they've done is cool, and I've liked it. I'm certainly along for the ride. Um, but I would, I would prefer like it just kind of like does completely different thing. Mm -hmm. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I like, I like the fact that it's a standalone space, and they've got things like Soroth Core, which is an independent city-based unique campaign set in the eight points. You know, that's completely unrelated to anything else in AOS. But uh, I do like the fact that they weave a little bit in and out, so that you know things like the Baronite has become a little bit more interesting in Warcry, just because of the other things going on in AOS. But the but our stories aren't necessarily directly impacting the narrative of AOS. But you know, and think that Warcry also has the rule set that enables you to do some of the storytelling aspects, like reenacting the the battles of Amgard on a smaller scale, things like that. So I think it's nice that we have those tools and we can use those to explore the narrative leading up to AOS games or after, which is you know one thing I envision this could do for us. But uh, but I, I I totally agree with you that I'm I'm glad it's independent of that 
but that we can use this rule set, we can use the models to explore those areas and, and tie them together if we want to, but it's not tied in there permanently. And our third question from Iron Pit is, do you think plot-wise Warcry will follow the wider AOS hooks, or do you think they'll stick with the Varanite one and add more depth to that? What do you think, man? I think they will continue to follow wider AOS. I think they like to tie things together, and um, I think they'll continue to do that in Red Harvest, and we'll probably see teasers into what's to come, not only in Warcry, but also in AOS. In Red Harvest, we might even see things like revealed in Red Harvest that haven't been revealed yet because the scheduling got messed up, right. um, which <laughs> happened in some of the other work that happened in, I think, Tome of Chaos, uh, or, or what is it? Uh, uh, Broken Realms chaos. Agents of Chaos had all the rules for the new Slanesh release before it came yes. out. Right. Uh, so maybe we'll have some uh, something sneaky like that. Yeah. I think that it'll somewhat be tied just because as new things come out in Age of Sigmar, it enables new models to give new rule sets that we can incorporate into our game. So in that sense, they have to generate some sort of story or like they've been doing with the Call of the Everchosen, maybe a unique campaign or ways to get these rules for these new models. So I think there'll be a little bit of that. Um, I, I was interested that they decided to explore the Varanite a bit more and this is an abandoned mine and, and now the warbands are fighting over this substance used for their own power. So I, I thought it was a really nice twist kind of leading off catacombs. So it'll certainly be interesting to see if they continue to play in this space or if we explore other areas in the eight points. You know, uh, the, the, you know outside now we've got an industrial area. Perhaps they'll delve into a chaotic forest or swamp or, you know, it'd be interesting to see where we go. All right, so we have a few questions from Chapter. How many warbands do you have each now? What's your favorite, least favorite? Uh, um, I don't know. I don't want to list them all. That's kind of boring. I don't know what to <laughs> I, like, I have a bunch of AOS armies, and so each of those is a warband. You know, I got I got a free, so my Gravelord's warband with Curse City, so that's dope. Um, right. I think my favorite... My favorite is usually whatever one I've most recently painted, because uh, that's the one I'm most excited about. I really like the Science of the Flame because they're chaos. They have like the Ogroid. They look pretty cool. I really like those guys. Although I'm I'm really jamming on these uh, Thunderstrike Storm casts. I think they're turning out really good. Out, I, I don't know. My least favorite, I think, my Seraphon probably are like I feel like I are like don't look as good as I would like them to look and they like I had a concept but I executed it not like maybe the most poorly where I wanted them to be like kind of corrupted Seraphon by chaos and I think I just like painted them like you know like different colors and like a kind of a weird swamp so like I wasn't able to deliver on my vision very well and maybe that one makes me I still like them though they look pretty good mm -hmm. yeah no I can't I don't know how many I have I've got Quite a few. I've got and all of them from the box sets. And I got a couple that people didn't, you know, they were selling their box sets. So I ended up getting like some Corvus Cabal and some some other models that, you know, I haven't really assembled or played with, but I have them. Uh, and like you said, I've got Curse City, so I've got those models and, and Ben was using those. Um, so a decent number of Warbands. And of course, my Slaves of Darkness that I put together. And um, I've got tons of Skaven I could use and, and whatnot, but in terms of favorites, you know, I definitely like the Cypher Lords, you know, because they're very dynamic. 
Uh, it's a similar reason why I like the Knight Shadowstalkers. It's all about movement and tactical play and gambling, you know. So definitely enjoy those quite a bit. Um, I think, you know, recently playing the Slaves of Darkness was a unique take on the chaos. It was very little ranged, all melee, so so quite different where you wanted to rush in, but not too much. And uh, I enjoyed that aspect of play because it's different than what I had been playing before. Um, I don't know if I really have a least favorite. But in terms of, you know, what Warband would I not want to play, maybe? That's a great question. I guess, you know, I, I, I'm really fascinated by the idea of, like, making a pirate Nurgle Warband. But the, there's such a limited model selection, I think it would be hard to make a, a good Warband with that. But, but you know, hopefully we'll get some changes with that when they release the new uh, Nurgle book coming out. Maybe they'll add additional models that you can take. All right, so the next question is... If you were going to make new custom board, or you know, what would, what kind of rules would you give it um, based on some of the special rules that we might be getting in the Red Harvest terrain? You know, for example, mechanical, you know, turning machines on and off, you know, Veronite or mutations, or you know, we don't know a whole lot about what the special rules are, but uh, I think this is just around okay, based on these new rule set, you know, what kind of custom board might you make, and what or what special rules might you implement? Uh, I would well. My next board is going to be a, a dread hold, a dread hold focused board. Uh, so I would. Uh, that's what it would be. Uh, yep. Special rules, probably rules for like kicking people off it. Yes. Um, so like the edges, or there's going to be like a special move for throwing somebody over the rampart because it's not really an edge; it's more of a rampart. Uh, so maybe throwing somebody over there. Special rules for uh, taking additional damage from falling super high. That's really not very dangerous at all in Warcry, and I would like to make it super dangerous, like it is in like catacombs when you fall into the lava. Uh, and then some way of traversing like the inside of structures that feels good and makes sense. Maybe if you have like three inches of movement, and you start at one door, you can pop out at any other door, mm -hmm. or there's like a point where you can be inside and fighting inside. I don't know. I don't know if that's that would be fun or cinematic to play, but something. Oh, like that. No, I think it'd be good. You know, and it's, you know, like kind of like I had to come up with some ideas for going from one board to the bottom board or you know I, I think those kind of rules are necessary for certain sort of layouts sorry didn't mean to interrupt go ahead sir no that's it that's it what okay, about your board? Right. What's your board um and uh, so in terms of boards uh, i don't have anything specifically drawn off of red harvest yet of course i'm sure reading through the book will spark ideas but uh, a one board idea i've been playing with over the summer when we've been when doing our league is uh, using ships of some type to have ship-to-ship -ship combat or maybe a, a situation where you're on ships and attacking a larger... Um, in, in my head, the, you know, about three-quarters of the board is taken up by this giant Skaven juggernaut of a ship. And it's a multiplayer game, and you're on ships, your warband has to get on the ship, and they all have different objectives. You know, you're running around fighting... Rat Skaven and then trying to get warp stone, or maybe you're trying to sink the ship or whatever else. But that's kind of the board idea I've been toying with for a while in my head and doing some sketches and stuff. So it might work into that. But I've been trying to find somebody or get some ideas in terms of well, how would we do ship to ship combat? How would we do that kind of stuff that it makes sense in a war cry setting? Still working on that. But nope. so the next question: What is your favorite ally for each Grand Alliance post the Grand Alliance book updates? What a research-heavy listener question. <laughs> All the books out of here in front of me, flipping through them, 
trying to find my favorite ally, giving an informed take here. Yeah, no, uh, allies. Off the top of your head, what are your four favorite allies? One from each Grand Alliance. Woof. Um, well, I think uh, I have the model for the mind mind stealer Fearing. Yeah. So I, he's definitely my favorite for Chaos. So I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I love the model. I really love what it can do. I'm looking forward to trying it out someday. I haven't played a whole lot from the other factions to know well enough, um, but I knew that the with the Soulblight Warband, the the Vampire Lord uh, had, can bring back the dead, just like the Necromancer can. So having one of those as an ally in one of your undead warbands would be awesome. I did really enjoy the War Queen uh, as a leader, but you know, again, she's Chaos aligned, so Mind Stealer Spheranx is, is is my choice for Chaos. Yeah, I don't really know for destruction or for order what what ally might be the best. Okay, All right, uh, yeah, I'll have to uh, uh, cramming some research in here. So, uh, Chaos Orgroid uh, Orgroid Mirmadon uh, is definitely my favorite. Very cool model. Really, uh, really fun. Really great addition. Like, big, like plays as he looks is like a huge dangerous tank. That is cool. Um, for destruction, I'm going to kind of go off a little bit, and instead of picking an ally, I'm going to pick a thrall. And I really like that they added rules for trolls, so mm -hmm. you can take trolls in any of your destruction forces as a thrall. So I think those like rock gut and fell, fell water trolls are really cool, especially the new rock gut ones. Yeah, um, that was a nice uh, For death, I don't know. Uh, there's a, there's a bat swarms thrall that I think is cool, and it provides rules for. And I think you can use your uh, your curse city bat swarms. Although they're on different base size, base sizes, but who could who would who would object? Right. Uh, so I think bat swarms are a cool ally sass thrall that you can take in death. Um, and then for order, it's a little tougher. There are no, like, straight allies, no, like, regular thralls. There's a couple monsters that are cool. It's the Hydra and Crypdus. But I think... I, I don't know. This is an answer. But I would like to take a Living City Warband where I take a Stormcast as an as one of my allies, if I can have three. One of my hero allies and a Sylvaneth as one of the, uh, the allies and then build, like, Kind of a you know a cities of Sigmar warbands focused on Living City, but it has representatives from the Stormkeep there and the Sylvanet there. So that's not really an answer, but so specific. That's a great answer. That's uh, a perfect answer. The, the Stormcast with the big bow and the bird, because I think that's thematic. Um, is which one is that? That's the Knight um, Benator. That's my I guess. Think, yeah. Yep. Uh, and uh, for Sylvaneth, I really I would take one of the Kurnoth Hunter champions because I think those models are also really dope. Yeah, they're very cool. All right, all good choices. Thanks. Yeah. Our next question is from Will Lawless. And his question is, will we get a Tome of Champions this year? And is there any chance of repointing and rebalancing of factions this side of 2.0? Uh, my, my guesses are, yes, we will get a Tome of Champions. I think, I think we will. And uh, is there a chance? Yes. Will it happen? I really don't think so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my feeling as well. Yeah, I, I, they haven't really adjusted points at all. There's been, you know, uh, printing errors <laughs> where they just had the wrong value, but they have not adjusted stats. They have not adjusted points. So I, I don't, I don't think it'll be happening. But I do, I do think we'll get a tome of champions. If nothing else, they might throw in all the uh, 
the cards for the models that have released since the last one, you know, just so they're all in one place. And then maybe we'll get some additional campaigns. Maybe they'll even put the Call of the Everchosen campaigns in there. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And our last couple of questions are from PJ Shard or from the Mortal Realms. And he asks, what's our favorite fighter? You know, so in terms of specifically favorite fighter, I don't know if this is just from the new, new terrain or it's just overall Warcry. I guess it, but however we choose to answer this. Right. Good question. So what's your favorite fighter? And my favorite Warcry? fighter is Raxos, my brazen champion from my Signs of the Flame War band. Um, because he always does a ton of work in all my games. Got range to attack, damage profile 3-6. Ah, always spending that double to give him plus one attack. Uh, he's so good. Uh, he p- turned out pretty good painting-wise. Uh, yeah, definitely. He's not only my favorite fighter, he's my favorite fighter. There you uh, go. Or favorite champion? Did I blow it? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> favorite champion? What was it? What's the right word? I don't know. What about you? Um, that, that's a hard one. I'm not sure who my favorite fighter is. Um, uh, trying to think across the war bands, and, and maybe it's going to be just because it's a little different. It will be my um Thunderer Captain um, from my Cahadron Overlords war band. Just because uh, you know he can reach out and touch people with his sh- with his gun, he's got the bird that you can use to stop people from disengaging. But most importantly, he has the ability to boost the people around him, get extra attacks, and has a lot of utility, even though he's a little slow in the foot. So, but uh, but it, it definitely changes the dynamic of that type of warband. So that was a fun challenge to play. Yeah, that that plus two to attack when you're like close to an objective, uh, yeah. it's pretty yeah. good. It's nasty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna play against Chris. The guy, I know what that guy can do. <laughs> Got to keep everybody away from him or take him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then um, the next question looks like it's a series of questions. All in the last one with six different terrain layouts. The base game, catacombs, three different terrain boxes, and red harvest. How will having six terrain options affect games? Are terrain cards still necessary? Have terrain cards become the new narrative in Warcry games? Um, I, I mean, it's great to have all this terrain, but you're also not limited to those six different layouts. Um, you know, you can lose any terrain you want in your games, custom. Stuff from other games, stuff from Age of Sigmar, 40k. Like you can play with all of that. Um, having yeah. the card can be nice, but it does, it is kind of limiting, limiting you to one of those boxes if you have more terrain than that. I think for most of my games, I just set it up in a way that I think is cool, and then I let my opponent choose the deployments. Um, that's usually that's kind of one of the ways they recommended doing it. One of the books is like a different terrain option, right? Um, uh, so that's what you know, because we, you know, I, you know, I have, I have a, I have the Azerite ruins and the catacombs kit, and each of those comes with their own terrain cards. But I think more often than not, I just kind of set it up in a way that I think looks cool or gives like a lot of like interactive elements. Yeah, and I, I definitely think again, it just provides us tons of flexibility and storytelling. Um, you can mix and match it all and have your own, you know, and I'm glad they introduced rules for that in Warcry saying, yeah, no, no, you don't have to use the cards. You can do it this way or this way or this way, you know, have fun. 
I think that's ideal, you know, and I've made lots of custom terrain and, you know, introduced rules for that and other ways to play on that. And I, th I think the cards are really nice when you've got the set, you, you just bring in like a box or two, easy peasy, you know, or the new people to the game. Okay, we've got this very standardized way to lay this out and put this out here and it's good to go. And, I, you know, I think certainly in uh, the more competitive Warcry scene, you know, having those set layouts and deployments are, are important. So I think having that is super nice. It can be very convenient at times. But you know, again, we're not restricted to that. And I think just having more options to tell our stories is, is wonderful. And then, you know, mixing and matching all of that and mixing and matching the deployment and the, the layouts is great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't, I don't know what to do with this last question. Have, ter has terrain become the new narrative in Warcry games? I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what he was going for that one either. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, no? I think terrain can be super narrative, but I don't know if it's the new narrative. Paul, yeah, you're always throwing these, uh, these curveballs at me. <laughs> Maybe it's more, um, you know, are, are using these terrain cards the way to direct the narrative. And, and I don't think that's necessarily true because you have the deployment, which tells a narrative, you got the terrain setup, which tells one. And then, of course, if you, you're on a certain quest, you know, that may tell you exactly how to do certain things, too. But, yeah, I think the twists and the, and the deployment and the terrain setup and the victory condition all tell the story together. They all have important aspects to that. But, uh, but maybe he'll explain that for us further in the, in the chat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's all the listener questions. We had a nice turnout of them this, this time to kick off the season. And we appreciate everybody listening to us, getting this kicked off. We're super excited, and we've got lots of fun ideas going forward. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely work on getting a, um, a vote out to see if people have a particular preference on what we do for Circle of Paint. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to chat with us more, uh, the Mortal Realms uh, Discord is the best place. So discord.com slash Mortal Realms? Is it the Mortal Realms or is it Mortal Realms? I actually don't know. It's the, the MortalRealms.com backslash Discord. Oh my god. Alright, we're going to have to <laughs> edit this podcast substantially. <laughs> Probably no more than usual, though. Um, yeah, I think we also have a Twitter. You can follow us. Uh, you follow Josh. I don't... I, yep, he has yep, the yep. Twitter. Uh, I think we have a Gmail. Uh, dogs at Warcry at gmail.com. Exactly. Um, but yeah, otherwise, we'll see you out there in the Bloodwind Spoils. Right. Thanks very much. It's time to put a muzzle on this episode. If it was a good, good dog, support the show with a positive review on iTunes, sharing it with friends, joining us for hobby discussions at themotorrealms.com forward slash discord, or leave a tip at themotorrealms.com forward slash Patreon. More content is available at themotorrealms.com and on Twitter at Dogs of Warcry. Welcome to this website, those proofs that this narratively driven podcast you'll ever turn right. I'll be in fall. We get your frost, dice, turn a roll, no, and this one's never gonna go smooth to the dogs of war cry.